Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. Half to that's hope, man. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias. The links is in the description on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you're listening on SoundCloud, hit the hearts. If you're on Spotify, remember to follow us. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. What are you doing? Leave us a five-star review and we will read it on the show. And if you want to help the podcast out monetarily, we have a Patreon page where we're doing a bunch of stuff now. The podcast is in video form, so you can see the extras in video over there. Um, we're doing a FIFA series over there that drops every Wednesday or Thursday. I'm taking control of AS Monaco. Why Monaco? Well, people, I gave people the option of like, what league do you want to see? So I put all the five major leagues in Europe, and the league that won was League 1. So I just picked a team from League 1 that wasn't PSG. The goal is to be better than wow. Thierry Henry. If I could be better than Thierry Henry, I'll be happy. Wasn't they in the relegation zone? <laughs> <laughs> and, and now he's at Montreal <laughs> Impact or something? Yeah, he's he's with the Montreal Impact. So, yeah, that's the goal. So, yeah, if you're curious <laughs> about Talking Tactics Extras and our FIFA series and all the other stuff that goes on at Patreon, I, enjoy, I encourage everybody to look, at, look it up. $3 a month, it's not too bad. Support the podcast in that way um, if it means something to you. And yeah, we appreciate all the Patreons. There's over 30 that are there now. So shout out to everybody that's pledged, that continues to pledge it. It really means a lot. And if you like talking tactics, look into it. Um, okay. We didn't do an emergency communication. We probably should have. But instead, I went on your YouTube channel and we kind of talked about it amongst amongst friends in that way. Um, Jose Mourinho is now the manager of Tottenham Hotspur. And uh, we haven't spoken about it. We spoke about it maybe on last week's Extra, um, that it was a possibility Poch could be sacked. But I think our question was who would come in. And it seems like Daniel Levy already had the answer to that question. So although we've already kind of talked about it on your YouTube channel, if you could just give us your initial thoughts of Mourinho as Tottenham manager, and then maybe we can get into the West Ham game. I'm shocked. Did not see this coming out at, at all. Personally, I'm I'm happy because one of the greatest gifts that has been given to football has has returned. So for my personal excitement and enjoyment, it is great to see him back. But I do believe that um, it's a bad fit. Ultimately, it is not really going to bear fruit, and I don't see him winning a trophy with this Tottenham side. But I'll also add that I I do admire the fact that he took this job. That he waited and it's because because it's a it's a challenge because Mourinho is about winning a, a trophy and I don't think Tottenham have it in their DNA to win a, a, a trophy. So if he's able 
to win a trophy with Tottenham for however long he stays there, because he will eventually leave or, or get sacked. Give him the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Give the dude the Nobel Peace Prize because that would be an incredible human achievement if he's able to win to win a trophy with these guys. So, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. So I'm just going to enjoy him as long as it lasts because it's going to only last. It's going to last a short amount of time. I give this three years max. <laughs> what if I told you I think this is a good fit? You think it's a good fit? He has Kane, Son, Ali. Maybe he can get Ericsson to stay. He seems to like Lucas Mora, which is good. There's Lamella if he wants him. So he has the attacking talent to score goals. Basically, the idea that, you know, Carl, you, I have kind of suggested over the course of this podcast is that Mourinho doesn't really coach the offensive third. He doesn't see that as necessary. Mm. But what he does do is he's very particular about the, his midfield choices and he will sort a defense. All Mourinho has to do is bring defensive stability, even more so than what, what was there under Pochettino. In theory, Tottenham should get wins because they'll score goals and they won't concede them. And if that's the case, I think they can score enough goals and Mourinho can make them better defensively to the point where in which they win a trophy. And all Mourinho has to do is win one trophy. And this is a success. It's a it's a genius move because when Mourinho went to Manchester United, the idea of winning a trophy, you don't get credit for it. It's, it's, it's expected. It's expected. Right. So it's like, you know, we've won the Premier League 13 times. We've won the Champions League, I think, twice um, under Sir Alex Ferguson. We've won however many FA Cups. I don't know if they won the League Cup. I'm pretty sure they did a few times. But, you know, there's we've won so much over the course of our history that when a manager comes, if you don't win, it's kind of – I don't. I, Van Hall won the FA Cup and got sacked. Mm. If Mourinho wins an FA Cup for Tottenham, He's book, he's he's automatically like in their top five managers of all time or something like that. You know what I mean? But but what I would respond to that is that I believe that the task of winning a trophy with Tottenham was far harder than trying to take Manchester United back to being a competitive big team. No, no, that no. Uh, <laughs> nah, well, look, man, I just no because okay, let's let's be real. Tottenham Mourinho at, at, at United was working with Tottenham in this Premier League. They, as long as Pep and Klopp are there, they can't win the, the, the Premier League with, with Pep, Pep on them. You and don't if, need to win the Premier League. You just need to win an FA Cup. That's it. But, no, no, but, but see, I was, I was, I was about to, oh, to, 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 to get there. With regards to, to the FA Cup, Pep's squad is so good and he's so obsessed with winning every trophy, stupidly, because really, bro, you're, it's actually about the, the Champions League. If Tottenham meets Man City in an FA Cup, they're not beating Man City in an FA Cup game. I don't, I don't think they, they, they can. If, let's say, Man City get beat by another team, maybe. But if Tottenham have to beat Man City at any point during the FA Cup, they'll get beat. Maybe you can't beat Manchester City and Liverpool over the course of 38 games. Fine. Who can't? But the idea that they can't be beaten in a one-off cup game, I feel like you can do that. If Spurs can knock out Manchester City in the Champions League, I'm pretty sure they can do it in an FA Cup game. No, no, um, no. A one-off game is is different. I'll give you that. And like with in a one-off game, I feel like Mourinho can just sprinkle a little magic and you know just do something that you might not expect. Obviously, over the course of 38 games, like nobody's going to touch the two that are there. But in a one-off cup game, I feel like Mourinho is always good. He's he's good money. So 
he they played West Ham in the first game, and it's like the that's like an ideal game to start because West Ham are pretty bummy right now. I'll, I'll assume you watched the game. Did you see anything differently than what Potts did and what Mourinho did? Like, are you seeing signs of Mourinho already, or is it kind of too early to tell because he was there for like two days? It's, it's a bit too early to tell. Obviously, the biggest thing was Ali and um, Lucas Moura. Mm. I think that he's going to try and use Ali as his Wesley Snyder stroke 2012 Ozil and, you know, Harry Kane to be like his Diego Melito, you know. So he's trying to work a thing with Kane and Ali working with, with, with each other to try and... If he tries to make Delhi Ali Wesley Snyder, that's not going to work. Nope. <laughs> or Ozil, that's not going to work. And also, starting um, Lucas Moura. <laughs> Maybe he believes more in Lucas Moura than thinking does. But I think tactically, though, I do feel that maybe what I, I saw the early signs of is them being more structural. Because I, I was hearing the commentators say that, you know, I think Tottenham used to pass the ball around the back a lot more. But with Mourinho, he just wants that ball to go long. So they're much more direct in what they want to do. So boom, give it to Ali. Ali, give it to Son. Son, give it back to Ali. Ali, try a through ball for Kane. Kane, keep making those runs. Because Kane, if you keep making those runs, they'll keep trying to, to find you. So there's far less fluff with regards to just trying to get the ball into that 18-yard box and trying to get it to Kane. So I think he's going to work a lot with getting Kane as many chances as possible. Because I think what I always said that Mourinho never had at United is an amazing finisher. He's always had an amazing finisher. Whether you want to say Falcao or Benny McCarthy at FC Porto, Drogba for Chelsea... Um, Cristiano for Real Madrid, Milito for Inter Milan. He's always had like a really good finisher. And I think if you give Mourinho... Because remember, I remember there were many times for Man United where Mourinho was like, my God, look at how many chances that were created, but we, but we just can't put away these chances. So, and I would say that the manager has done his job when his team are creating chances. If the team are not putting away the, the chances, that's not the manager's fault. That's the player's fault. The manager doesn't do his job when his team are not creating chances. The job of the manager is, I'm going to create a strategy where you can create opportunities and chances. You now have to put them away. Harry Kane is Harry Kane, so I don't think he needs to do anything with him other than maybe protect him from himself. So like if Harry Kane has an ankle injury and he's willing to play, I know it's in Mourinho's kind of psyche to like, okay, he, he wants to play, I'm going to play him. But mm. maybe there'll be instances over the course of the next three years where Mourinho needs to tell Harry Kane, hey, chill. Don't take the pain-killing injection. Don't play this week. So I think that's that's the only work he's going to have to do with Kane is just keeping him fit. But if you look at Ali, he's already starting kind of Lampard 2.0. So if you know the story of like when Jose Mourinho shows up to Chelsea in 2004 and they're in – I think they're in America in preseason and Lampard's taking a shower and Jose Mourinho goes into the shower – and tells Frank Lampard, who's like butt-ass naked, you are the greatest midfielder in the world, and I want you in my team, and you're going to be you know, one of the best in the world. And he just gasses Lampard's head to the point where Lampard then indeed becomes one of the best midfielders in the world. I feel like his rhetoric so far on Delhi Alley is kind of trying to gas his head up to like, I want you to be back to the best and you have the capability of being one of the best midfielders in the world. I feel like he's starting that process again. If you look at any player that has kind of those Lampard qualities in terms of like late runs in the box, goals from midfield, the Englishness, all that kind of stuff, like Deli Alley isn't too far away from that. 
obviously he's not to that level, but I can see how Mourinho might see, oh, that's kind of similar. This guy can score goals for midfield. He can see a through ball. He's not gifted necessarily athletically, but he's he's serviceable enough. He, he sees the, the similarity there, and he's going to try to do something with him. So that's one. The next program he has to run, I would assume, is making Hyungmin Son a counterattacking weapon, kind of like what he did with Ronaldo at Real Madrid. So you don't think he'll use him as like a left back? In in, in in certain games, of course, he's going to want the whole team to defend, you know, 4-5-1 and, you know, just shut up shop. But generally speaking, I feel like he's going to try to make Son the focal point of the attack in a, in the in the way that he did with Ronaldo in like 2010 through 2013, basically. The one thing I would like to see is what Ndombele can play. What does Mourinho do with him? Like, I, I guess I, – because I guess the easy comparison – like the, uh, yeah, I was just about to say like that's the that's the easy comparison, but I I don't know if it's necessarily the right one because I haven't watched, I I watched some games with him at Lyon, and I haven't seen too much of him at Spurs. But the easy comparison is oh he's black he came from Lyon, <laughs> <laughs> and Essien oh he's black and he came from Lyon. So may, maybe that's like a, a a bad comparison. But if he could run like an Essien program with this guy. It could work because, like, Essie in 2005-2006 is one of the best seasons I've ever seen from a central midfielder. And the only thing that killed Essie was the knee injuries. So he has the players there and he has the requisite experience with similar players in terms of their characteristics to turn these players into, I think, really good cogs in a team that can win games and win tough games, I think. There's something that could be very exciting there. Mm. Something exciting there, but I think the main thing is, you know what what the, the key thing is? No. Who he, he, he gets? This team can't win a trophy. Doesn't matter what Mourinho. This team with these players, they can't win a trophy. Argument sick. Let's say he, he gets Bill. Hmm. That changes. That changes everything because Tottenham lack a truly world class player. They lack that that guy. Where okay, well, this is the guy. They, they don't have that. If they can just get that guy, yep, they can win a trophy. I feel like I, I feel like Son can be that guy. He it, he seems to have like that, that, that quality, guy, you know. Really, I mean, Son is that guy, but he's not that guy. He's that guy, but not. That <laughs> what guy. does that mean? <laughs> no, 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 no! Come on, there's a difference between that guy and that guy. They're, they're, they're two totally different things, man. He's that guy, but not that. He's, he's that dude, but not that dude. You know, is 2020 Gareth Bale really that much better than Kyung Bing Son, bro? Gareth Bale can do things in games that I don't think Son... Like, even if when Gareth Bale is garbage, could Son do what Gareth Bale did in that 2018 Champions League final? I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Gareth Bale is just one of those guys where he can just produce something extraordinary out of nothing. Mm. Those are always very great players to have. Some players, like Son, like most players, needs to be in a rhythm and a flow and playing well for them to mm-hmm. do something well. Bale can be garbage for most of the game. He can do nothing. Out of nothing, he just takes the ball, shoots from 40 yards, and it's in the, it's in the top, top, top corner. So they need one player with just outstanding individual quality. Yeah, just that one truly exceptional player. I feel like you could look for something like that other than Bale. But considering what Bale's up to at Real Madrid, maybe it's not the worst idea in the world. Um, okay, we, we can stick in the Premier League before we go to Europe. In conclusion, I'm happy that Mourinho's back. I don't consider him some sort of like... You, you know what it is? People, oh, you support Chelsea, right? So you hate Spurs. Oh. No, 
<laughs> Give me that's a narrow-minded view, man. What has Spurs ever done to me? One game, the Battle of the Bridge, and Chelsea won that game anyway. When when like Eric Dyer was fouling everybody and Diego yeah, Costa yeah, yeah. and uh, Musa Dembele were like poking each other's eyes out or whatever, like okay, maybe there's a little rivalry there. But and unless you're from London, your father's from London, and your grandfather and your grandfather's grandfather's from London, and they've had beef with Spurs fans for like 50 years and like you feel the rivalry in that way fine i get it fair enough you know you have that rivalry with leeds and millwall and you know all these other teams that had firms or whatnot but for me i don't care <laughs> like why do i have to hate spurs i, I don't understand you. like I'm, I'm not you know if i adopt the hate of spurs does that mean i have to adopt the hate of black people as well <laughs> yes yes it does actually, yeah. <laughs> Like uh, you know, like a, a, a prerequisite, man. Hate if we're gonna go full black. Chelsea, then I might as well, you know, go full Chelsea and start kicking black people off trains in Paris. Like it's not that deep for me. So he's a Spurs manager. So like Chelsea had the best years of him, had him twice, won three Premier Leagues. If he wants to go to Spurs, fine, let, let him go to Spurs. Like that's not gonna stop my happiness of enjoying a man that I like. You know, like Mourinho's the best football entity ever. If it works. Yeah. He's great. Even if it's mediocre, he's great. When it's on fire, he's great. <laughs> it's just like, you know, he's he's a perfect person to have in football and in the Premier League. So however we get him in, it doesn't matter to me. Because I love Mourinho so much, I want him to do well. So, and as I say, people know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a complicated Chelsea fan. And through being a complex Chelsea fan, I, I couldn't give a crap about its rivalries. That means that crap to me. I love Mourinho. And I want Uncle Mutsu to do it because he's he's like an idol to me. You know, he's he's the guy's like an idol to me. So I want him to do well. Just that I don't think he'll he'll do well. So. I could imagine like real, you know, those Chelsea like oh Chelsea fans. <laughs> Listen oh. to these dudes. They, they can kiss my black ass. <laughs> know, what do you mean you don't black, black ass black? What do you mean you don't so hate Spurs, man? How are you a real Chelsea fan? Because I don't, I don't have to back a beef that I wasn't involved in to start with. Like, come on. All right. Uh, Manchester United, 3-3 against Sheffield. You know what I did? Well, It was 1-0 at halftime, and I turned my TV off. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I don't feel like... I, I was like, I do not feel like watching this game. It's an ass game. I don't feel like watching it. I turned my TV off and went to do other things. I come back. I, I didn't check my phone. I just wasn't involved. And I look, and it's 3-3 at the end. And I was like, damn. <laughs> so something happens. You, you don't get a 3-3 game without something happening. So then I go and I look at the highlights. And I'm like, damn, I should have probably stayed around. Did you watch the whole game? Pretty much. It was 3-3 like a fair result? Or should Sheffield yeah, be yeah, one? Yeah, or... fair, fair. Because basically, Sheffield United completely, like, tactically, like Chris Wilder, totally tactically destroyed them in, in the first half like united had like one shot and goal in the first half and shivan has just completely figured them out and they just outplayed them then there was just a 10 15 minutes per period when United just changed the whole game so just like a small little period where united just played amazing and well but just that i just felt that Sheffield united when they got that equalizer i'm like they deserved that equalizer based on just how well they played in that first half so i think overall taking everything into account draw was a fair result. It's the first time that I've looked at United and said, oh, wow, these guys can do something, but not with Solskjaer. Give them the right coach, 
give Rashford the right kind of because Rashford needs good coaching. If I was I was a coach and a manager, I said to Rashford, I will lock him in in a, in a room, no food, no no drink, and force him to watch Robin for an entire day. Study Robin for an entire day. He'll he will come back. He'll come out a a, a better player. Rashford just needs instruction because he's he's running aimlessly in one direction. <laughs> you know, you can't just keep running straight because you're just going to get dispossessed. And inside forward takes his time and slowly, gracefully goes forward with the ball, trying to try, trying to um, get himself that yard, yard of space to take off the, the, the shot. Rashford is playing like a winger. He's playing like a winger who is trying to lend the trace of an inside forward. Just watch Robin, who, in my opinion, is the greatest inside forward of all time. I'm not going to bite. Um, I looked at the, the goal scorers that Manchester United had, though. And they had like the Williams kids, who I think is at left back. They had Greenwoods, who I think maybe just turned eighteen, and Rashford. So there is like a like a youth thing that's going on for Solskjaer. I'm sure that makes him happy. It, it gives him a level of stability, maybe that he's like, no, I'm I'm working on a project, and this is going to take time because these kids are like not even twenty years old yet. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. The the Rashford cross to. Greenwood was amazing. Amazing cross. Yeah, that was something like De Bruyne would do. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I am really impressed, though, with what Sheffield are up to. Oh, I think they're like top six or top seven. Basically, before kickoff, they were like fifth. There's Wolves, Sheffield, and Burnley. Those yeah. are the three teams that are ahead of Arsenal, United, and Tottenham. So. Oh, my God. Liverpool have, bro, 12 wins, one a draw. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane. Chelsea played Manchester City. Normally, we would start with Chelsea-Manchester City. Like, yo, it's the first game of the week. But, you know, Mourinho things. Um, I'm annoyed with the idea that if you play well and you lose, it's a good thing. That annoys me. But I will let you go. Put very simply, Chelsea had the opportunity to really destroy Man City. And this is what I see some teams do. You get lost in your own shit. Now, what I mean by that is this. All because you're playing well, controlling the, the game, doesn't mean you have the game won. Chelsea had their hand on City's throat, but they just put it there without actually squeezing. They just had it there and said, you know what, let me, let's just, just remove there. As soon as they removed it, boom, City got up and, and smacked Chelsea in, in, in the face. <laughs> Chelsea, they had to get that second goal. In their minds, they're like, oh my gosh, we are controlling the game. We are keeping possession. We are looking good. One, two passes, great movement. We're looking silky. Alanko was like, oh my gosh, this is great. We have this fine. No. <laughs> Chelsea had to aggressively chase the second goal. They didn't aggressively chase the second goal. So City were like, we're just going to bad at time, bad at time. The moment they make a mistake, we're going to break. We're going to just try and take a shot whatsoever and get ourselves back in the game as soon as, as possible. The burner got that. Before you could blink, Mares weaved through, boom, and game turned. And that is what happens in these in this big games. But I think for Chelsea, they have to feel very disappointed because they, the opportunity was there to kill the, the game off. If Chelsea had, had gotten that, that second goal, game over. City would have aggressively now chased and attacked more, would have left a lot more, more space. Turns ends up being like a 3 1 or a 4 1 to Chelsea. But they failed to do that allowed City in. There you go, man. How, you what, go. how do you feel about this idea, though, that play, you play well in air quotes, mm. but you don't win the game? 
which seems to be a thing for this Lampard team so far in big matches. You know, they played Liverpool twice. They've played Manchester United twice. Playing well means nothing. They've played Ajax twice. They played, I guess we can include Valencia as a big game, and they lost that one. Yo, did we include Leicester as a big match at this point? I think we might have to. No, I don't. I know it's not a traditionally big match, but the fact that they're in second place, they haven't won a big game except the first leg against Ajax. It seems like the idea of, you know, Lampard's building a good team and his style of football is nice and it's good to look at. But I would like to see three points, like, <laughs> at least, you know, you know, at least, you know, once or twice, you know, winning would actually be a, a, a cool thing to witness. It's like, do you know the, what the worst thing was? When Pep Guardiola praised um, Chelsea and how they oh. played. Yeah, and- I, was, I was having a conversation with somebody about Pep always comes out and praises teams that play the way he wants Manchester City to be played against. Yes. So... So uh, if if you look at like Sari's teams with Napoli, if you look at um, just even even when little teams, no disrespect to little teams, I won't name any names, but when little teams go to the Etihad and they play aggressive attack style football, maybe not to the level of a Liverpool that really gives Pep issues, but you know they play open, they're not defensive in a low block. Pep will always come out and say. This was a brave team, courageous team. This is one of the best teams I've ever played against. But he always says that when he wins. So the idea that he would come out and say, yo, Chelsea, they I, I respect Lampard or something to that effect. And, you know, Chelsea played really well. When I, when I hear that, I'm thinking that means that Chelsea should have been a little bit more defensive and pragmatic because yes. you're playing into Pep's hands. And when he comes out and congratulates you, that's like saying, Thank you <laughs> like for like doing what I want. That, that is why for Lampard, you should hate what Pep said. You shouldn't even want to be congratulated by him. And I think that is where it's very key what Lampard would have said at full time. Could, did Lampard say, man, we were unlucky. We played really well. We deserved more. Or would he have said, guys, we should have won the game. We have to be ruthless. This is becoming far too much of the groundhog day. We are good enough to show that we can compete with, with, with these teams and we can we can win these games. You have to be far more clinical in front of goal. You can't just settle for, for playing well. And this is what I always say, mentality. The mentality you have is greater than your skill. Everyone is good. Once you're in the top four, top, top five, six, everybody is pretty much on a similar skill level. What separates those great teams from... The rest is their mentality. Like Sadio Mane has a very strong winning mentality. He's like his 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 will to just get it done is so strong. He finds a way of getting it done. I don't know how hook up by crook. I'm gonna get that G. I'm gonna make that play that leads to to, to that G. And what Chelsea are lacking is that tenacious winning mentality and grit of like we're gonna find a way of getting that win. Just playing well isn't good enough. At the top level now, if you're playing under 15s or under 14s, perfect example. Under 17s, walk up and everything. If you're good, you win. <laughs> that, that, that's it. Once you get to to senior level, being good isn't is that's not good enough. Unless you're Brazil, <laughs> just being good isn't good enough. You, you need something more. There's you need that intangible, and those intangibles is what really make you win the game. And that is what Chelsea are lacking: the intangibles. Mm. 
But maybe that'll come with time. Lampard can always lean on, you know, I'm playing a young team. We don't have any, tri- like... Um, well, they can do it this year, bro. They don't need time. They can do it now. They're ready well, now. Well, I mean, if if you want that kind of winning it's- mentality of, of a Sadio Mane, I'm not sure what, where in the team do you get that if you're playing Pulisic, who's 21, Abraham, who's maybe 20 or 21, um, Mason Mount, who's getting a lot of minutes, Zuma, Tomori, Reese James, like... There's there's the idea that, you know, in coming years, they can kind of build that mentality brick by brick that you don't just, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, that kind of idea. But my, my issue is just the repetitive nature of we play well, we don't win, but it's still a good thing at the end of the day. Like it for me, it's it's hard to spin a loss into some sort of positive narrative. Nah, me so. like. Because because if you only accentuate the positives, you're doomed to repeat the negatives if you don't address them. So if it's always, you know, we played well, we played well, we played well, but you don't get three points from your playing well and you don't really, maybe maybe in private they do, but in public, if you never address the negatives, that we should have been a little bit more clinical in front of goal, that we should have, you know, been a little bit more solid in, in this area. You know, our midfielder shouldn't be giving away passes in midfield to Fernandinho so he can give it to Kevin De Bruyne so Kevin De Bruyne can do what Kevin De Bruyne does. Like, if you don't address these things and they repeat themselves, then you can't – That's it's your fault. Like, it's on you. It's not down to, oh, we were unlucky. It's like, no, we just need to work better. I'm talking in circles, but you guys get it. Um, all right, so you brought up money. I guess, you know, we kind of have to address Mars in a way. And people ask us questions. So thank you for the segues, guys. Uh, Mason Boris. Am I the only one who thinks Mahrez deserves African African Player of the Year over Mane and Aubameyang? He was a key part of uh, Algeria's AFCON win, which is the biggest tournament in Africa, and was scoring massive goals in the semis and won three trophies with Man City as well. Someone else asked, who are your top three? Uh, This is AJ Cool 16 asked, who are your top three players for 2019 CAF Football of the Year? Mine are Mahrez three, Salah two, Mane one, uh, runaway winner. Champions League team of the season, Premier League team of the season, AFCON team of the tournament, Premier League golden boot, Champions League winner, AFCON runner-up. So, who's your African footballer of 2019? I, I hate these questions because it's stupid to do calendar year awards. But you guys asked, so we will we will take care of these questions. Mares, um, Salah, Mane, Aubameyang, other... For, for me, number one, Mane. Mm-hmm. Number two... Kulibali, three, Mares. The winner of the AFCON is third on your list. Yep. <laughs> and Kulibali is second. Why? Because he is still an exceptional defender. And I, and every time I see him, I'm like, this guy is a truly amazing defender. Because remember, Mar- like, if we're basing solely on the AFCON, then okay, give us Mars. If it's what have you done over this period of time, Mars isn't a consistent, has not been a consistent starter for Man City. Mm-hmm. Both Mane and Kulibali are consistent starters for their club sites. So I've got to roll with Mane one, Kulibali two, um, Mares three. No Salah? No love for Salah? Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, I think I think my list would go Mane. Mares Salah, but yeah, Obama. I think I think as as AJ points out, I think Mane's kind of the runaway winner. I mean, Idris it, 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 Aguirre has been having a good start to the season this season, though. But that's it. 
Now, I did see that you pointed out that you think Mahrez is the most naturally gifted African footballer mm. right now. In terms of our ability, yeah, he's the best. I kind of agree. <laughs> you know, I'm so jealous. I looked just the, the, the goal that he scored against Chelsea. Chelsea don't have a player that can do that. Like a player who can get the ball on the right wing, cut inside, beat a man, and then shoot to the far post. They don't have a guy that can do that. Like William can do it on the other side of the pitch. William can't do that on the right side of the pitch, which is why I've been asking Jesus Christ for a left-footed winger that can play on the right-hand side. There was a passage of play in the second half. William is in the exact same position that Mars was in. He was singled up on Manchester City's left back. I think Kovacic sprayed a ball to him, and he got it. He stood with the ball. like He decided he, he stood, and he was like, okay, do I go left or do I go right? He did a little move. And he took the ball down uh, the flank and tried to put in a cross. I was just like, if that was a left-footed player, he would have stood him up, done his move, and cut left. He would have had the whole left side of the goal to him to shoot to. But we don't have a left-footed player. Well, I, you, I guess you could argue Pedro is so two-footed that he's kind of like a left-footed player, but it's Pedro. At this. 20, 2019 Pedro, really? Nice. So, yeah, it's just annoying to see like Man City have options. And Chelsea are kind of limited in that way. But, you know, that's just a selfish point. Do we reference Liverpool keep winning? Bro, maybe say, yeah, man. These guys, these dudes keep on. Like, uh, that match should have been a draw. They found a way to win. And these guys, they're not playing very well in a lot of these away games, but they're finding a way to win. So I'm like, This is my thing, bro. This is my thing. Like, I think I, I noticed this maybe like five games in. I was like, okay, Liverpool are giving us all time to accept the fact, the inevitable fact, they're going to win the Premier League this year. So all of the people who are like, yo, Liverpool have never won the Premier League. It's been 30 years since they won one. Like, they're giving you time to get affairs in order because it's going to be kind of unbearable if you know how most Liverpool fans are like. It's going to be tough, but you have time to, you know, come to grips. I'm still still sticking with Man City. Call me sad. Call me... um, (laughs) I'm not. I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm still. I'm still sticking with, with him. Okay. Yeah. Anything else in the in the top six we need to talk about? Yo, Arsenal, man. Sa- just, just sack him, bro. Like, look. <laughs> doesn't really care, bro. And I think the thing, the thing with Emery is that Emery's like, bro, like I'm gonna be doing this exact same thing. If you sack me, you have to pay, pay me. So Emery is, Emery's chilled. He is he's completely relaxed. And also this 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 gets Allegri thing should it has to stop. It has to stop. Allegri is not a, as good a manager as, as anyone thinks. But fine, don't believe me. Hire Allegri and see how well you do. Because he he does well in a one team team league. You think he can go to a Premier League and do what he did at Juventus? Okay, go for it. If you were Arsenal, who would you hire though? What name is out there other than Allegri that makes sense? Honestly, that's it for me. Like I would go for Rafa Benitez. He's in China. But I was I had a report that he is literally almost close to joining West Ham. So the fact that there are reports saying that he's going to replace Pellegrini at West Ham means that if a viable job offer comes from the Premier League, he will take it. So if Arsenal give him a strong offer, I do believe that Benitez will take it. Because if he's considering West Ham, he will take Arsenal if Arsenal offer him the job. Mm. So Benitez is your option? Oh yeah, hired. like people say that I was wrong in saying this, but I still believe so. Emery is similar to Wenger, not the same, but similar. 
they need to go in a very completely different direction. I think with Benitez that he will bring in stability and structure to Arsenal, which is what they need. They need some stability, some structure. Are you looking at Benitez as a like a long-term thing, like three, four years? Or are you looking at Benitez as like just finish this season and then we go get somebody younger, maybe from like the Bundesliga? Well, no, no, no. Or... Benitez is, I think, give him like a year, like give him like a two-year contract because I think he is so different from Emery and Wenger. It's what, so you know what? Let's go in a different direction now. And let's just see what Benitez can do because this guy, he knows the... Premier League, look at how well he did with Newcastle with limited resources. Boom, let's see what he can do with his Arsenal side. Let's go continental. Neymar's back for PSG. With a beard. He played for, I think, 60 minutes or so, and uh, they took him off. What was interesting is they took it, uh, Tuchel took him off for Mbappe, and Neymar walked down the, he walked into the tunnel, like I guess Mm -hmm. into the dressing room and didn't sit on the bench. And they asked him, and Tuchel was like, oh, players do it all the time. But I'll talk to him about it. <laughs> Neymar, man, he just he stays in the headlines, man. It's just like, can you just do anything normal? No. Like, are you so adverse to doing things regular? Just like, play football, bro. Play, play, like, play, play, do, play. do you have to be a story? Like, fair enough. Like, it's fun that we get to talk about it. But just like from a, I, I would assume like a, a coaching point of view, it's like this guy, man, he's such a headache. I want you to actually just do stuff on the pitch. I want to hear stories more about what you do on the pitch rather than off the pitch. I'm hearing too many off the pitch stories. I think they won though, so it's okay. People might clown uh, PSG is a runaway league, but yeah. Liverpool's kind so, of yeah, doing yeah, like yeah, so yeah, eight points. Um, Marseille on twenty five points, PSG on thirty three points. Oh my god, they've won every game. Oh no, oh oh, they've lost three times. Oh damn. Yeah, yeah, they lost. It was it was earlier in the season though. They they were they were taking L's. They were taking a few L's. Wow. Yo, have have you been watching Marseille any? Like Dimitri Payet is looking good again. I've heard. I've heard. I'm stories. happy, man. I'm happy. Like he had this once. He had an assist. Um, that was really good. And in the previous game, he like was was running things against uh in Lyon. If if you can watch Marseille, if only to watch Payet just boss the league. It's it's fun. Is there anything going on in Germany? Um, actually, wait, wait, wait. Did you see? We have to mention the Copa Libertadores, though. I I saw I said was it Flamengo? Yeah, yeah. I saw um like the whole city came out. There was like thousands and thousands of people in the streets yeah. after they won yeah. since nineteen eighty one. Yeah, it looks like a fun time. But but did you see the video of um? Wait, what's his? I know his his nickname is Gabigol. This um, so basically, you know, when they were just celebrating and everything, so obviously, you know, they always bring in dignitaries to these games, mm-hmm. and this guy. Basically, sort of like Nels went down onto his knees to basically like congratulate um, Gabigol. And this guy is a far right politician. So, as he goes to like shake um, Gabigol's hand, Thingy looks at him and is like, Oh, it's you. And he just sort of like just sort of just like shoves his hand away and just move, moves away because he just realized that, Oh no, this, this far right dude, nah, just screw you. <laughs> Yo, is it? I think, I think Gabigol is dating Neymar's sister. What? I, th- I think that's the one. I think Gabby Gold dates Neymar's sister, and Neymar doesn't like that too. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> ah, some oh, why did you go there? Why did you have to go there? <laughs> Brazilian beef at this world. <laughs> oh, God. Do you I, know I, about Brazilian beef and that connection to like the Amazon on fire, by the way? Like, no, the oh, I mean, like, too much beef. 
it's an extra. This, this, it's an extra topic. We will get into this in the extra, partially. Okay. I think it's interesting. But anyway, yeah. Look up Gabby Gold Neymar because I feel like I don't know. There's there's something that I'm not really in in depth with it like that. Um, Copa Libertadores. Do, do we do we talk about Bale the whole uh Wales golf thing and then Zidane brings him on to be booed? What did Bale think would happen? <laughs> so basically, so you co-sign a because for me I I'm with with Bill with regards to I think you have been treated badly uh, and, and everything. So I get that, but what do you think? So you, you're posting a flag that says, remember, Real Madrid pay your wages. Wales don't pay your wages. Real Madrid pay your wages. So you're posting a flag that says, um, Wales, Golf, Madrid, in that order. <laughs> and you expect the Madrid fans to just cheer and say, hey, hey, hey. That's only going to alienate you from everyone. Obviously, when I think when Real scored the third goal, you saw Casemiro pretty much like put his arm around Bill and tried to pretty much like bring Bill into the whole thing. But 100%, I know for sure, Sergio Ramos is like, Nah, screw this dude, man. You know, so I'm sure there are people in the dressing room who are like fine with it. Other guys in the dressing room, right? Like, no, this guy has disrespected Madrid and this club. So if you're Zidane, it's bad for the dressing room. Like I always said that Zidane had to just accept that you fail to get Neymar, you fail to get Pogba, you have to fully integrate Bill into the team. Bill has been out of form, he's not been great. But if it's between Bill, Rod Rodrigo, that's Brick Vinicius, Lucas Vasquez, and Marco Asensio. <laughs> I'm probably having to say Bale and then Marco Asensio and then Rodrigo. But Marco Asensio is injured, so you've got to go with Bale. Although Rodrigo's been playing well, you've got to go with Bale. Someone said that this is like a masterstroke by Zidane. Like Zidane didn't have to put him on the pitch, but he did. Uh, he called it, he's, this is 4D thinking, like he's a genius. Because <laughs> he knew that the Bernabeu would whistle Gareth Bale every time he touched the football. And that is going to make Gareth Bale salty up until the point that he'll want to leave. <laughs> so it's like, is Zidane being clever in a way by just like, let's see if we can't use the ire of the fans to dissuade Bale from playing? I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Zidane because I mean, it's, it sort of makes sense because. Which isn't the worst idea if you're trying to. Because like, even when he, he, he came on, even when I saw him, I said, wait, Zidane, wait, why would you bring him on? After what's just happened, why the hell would you bring him on? It's 4D thinking. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Check not checkers. <laughs> hey, dog. Well, it's all uh, weeks, huh? All right, someone asked a question. Let's 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 do this one. Why do you guys think Ramos tries to look good on the ball when it's not really his game? Savlone. First of all, Sergio Ramos is actually a pretty damn good footballer for a defender. I think. He's actually a pretty damn good footballer, and he's always been better on the ball than Piquet. Piquet on the ball ain't that great. He aye, but he ain't that great. And Ramos's game is a ball-playing central to, to defend. That's always been his, his game. So it's not about copying anything. He's just always been... And, and you actually get this with a lot of Spanish defenders, because in Spain, everybody is, is technical from the keeper to the, to the striker. So, you know, Ramos has always been a, a like really good on the ball. Hmm. Like, like, like really good passing... I'm really good carrying the ball, really good balance on the ball. Yeah, he's always been good on the ball. How many penalties does he have this season? It's got to be at least like three or four. Hazard should be taking penalties, okay? We need this for the narrative because most of the goals Chelsea, he was scoring at Chelsea, those are penalties. So we need these these stats in order to inflate the, the record. Otherwise, it's going to look bad if we're just talking about goals from open play. Just a little rant. <laughs> 
Pat Ramos taking penalties. He's good at it, but come on, man. Um, Barcelona came back. I saw Vidal got a winner against um, who did they play? Leganes. Um, Leganes. Okay. Uh, Barcelona were trash though. They were, yeah, they were. I've seen. D- despite them winning, I've seen, and, and I think they're a, a, a top the league. Everybody is saying Barcelona are trash. Valverde needs to leave. Like, what kind of spoiled behavior is this, yo? Like, they keep winning. They're top of the league, and the manager still has to go because you don't like the way it looks. No, but I, I think, but but it's 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 standards, though. I think it, the th- the thing is, are you are you happy as a Barcelona fan to only win La Liga? See now, do now. See, look at the difference. For Juve fans, they're happy always winning the Serie. That's 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 cool. For Barcelona fans, they're like, no. Winning La Liga and everything isn't enough. We haven't won the Champions League since 2015. That's not good enough. We have to win that big crap. We haven't won the Champions League in four years. That's that's what we're complaining about. It's just it's it's because Real Madrid keep winning. Think about it though. Think about it. You've gone from playing this extremely dominant style of play that's completely totally destroyed teams. To now a very ultra pragmatic style. Now, cool, bring the pragmatic style, but that pragmatic style doesn't bring with it the Champions League. All it brings with this is La La Liga. That's not enough for Barcelona fans. Doesn't Messi have like a one billion? Uh, what's it called? Like a buyout clause or whatever? It's their fault that they put two hundred and twenty-two million on Neymar. If they didn't put, if they put like some, yo, Neymar has a two billion release clause or whatever, he still would have signed the contract. And nobody would have touched it. But, but you, the fact that they put that clause in there, who, it messed that whole thing up. Because he should still be at Barcelona, and then the football would be more sexy. But do you not. Really think that anybody would pay that amount of, of money for a dude? No one thought that they, they, they'd pay that amount of money for, for a dude. Man. Come on. No one thought it. 222 is more reasonable than like a billion. 222 is a lot. Of, say, it's because now because it's been done, it's fine. Before it happened, <laughs> 222 million for a player? That's insane. It's insane, but it's like 222. It's like, okay, maybe we can work this no, out. No, no, no. <laughs> 222 is, is stupid. And I, I just want to say this, this sentence. Mm. Romelu Lukaku has 10 goals in 13 Serie A matches. Okay. Cristiano Ronaldo only has five. <laughs> so... Uh, do we want to talk about Balotelli and his uh, chairman saying that you know he's black and he's trying to clean himself? No, I mean, I mean what does it do? <laughs> ah, this, this I I put this in the in the WhatsApp group and I think it's true. Italians are so consistent with their racism; it brings like an exhaustion that makes you not want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like it's you almost feel stupid, like oh my gosh. How could they do that? Oh, what? This is so racist. Hashtag say no to racism. This is, I mean, I'm like, look, you, there, there are just people in that country that are pieces of crap. <laughs> and that's, there are those people there that are the lowest, lowest of the low pieces good for nothing. <laughs> and I'm not going to waste my breath and my time on this earth speaking about pieces of complete and utter crap. <sighs> so it's like, it, Every week, guys. <laughs> no, like, a bunch of useless, nasty. There was like, you know, it, there was like a two-week break where we had the international break, and just oh, I just I wasn't even thinking about Italian racism, and then lo and behold, just leave it to them, and they'll they'll come up with something. Just, <laughs> just like yo, 
Be- creatures, man. Balotelli is black and he's working on cleaning himself. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And he's having a hard time with it. <laughs> like, even, even if it was a figure of speech, like, apparently, and maybe you use black in terms of, like, hot or annoyed. But the metaphor that you would use, like, come on, Doc. Like, you can be better. <laughs> but it's Italy, so no, you can't. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was to say, but, like, shout out to Bresham. Shout out to, to Bresham, man. Shout out. It's like, it's like, it's like you guys can be better. But then at the back of my mind, I'm like, actually, I don't think they can't be better. <laughs> it's just like it is what it is. They are stuck in their ways, homie. All right. Um. And, and before we get to questions, you should probably talk about just quickly because people are already going to watch the games before they listen. But we got some Champions League matches. It's another. Mm. It's a big week. Like the the week before, it wasn't this stacked. But I need to pull up these fixtures before my phone dies. Um, I might have you. I might have to make you read the questions. Um, but we have Real Madrid against PSG tomorrow mm. from from the Bernabeu. What do you think? Quick prediction, quick sentence, not, nothing too long. Uh, looking forward to, to the games. That better show up. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Uh, Juventus Atletico. Quick yeah. thoughts. 0-0. Zero, 0-0. Zero. Zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then on Wednesday, we've got, um, let's see, we've got Liverpool against Napoli from Anfield. Oh, 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. In, in, oh, yeah, because Napoli's in, in a bit of trouble. Yep. Concurrent, at the same time, we have Barcelona against Borussia Dortmund. This I find interesting because I feel like... Who, yeah, both teams are sort of if, struggling. If Dortmund gets slapped, Favre's out. If Barcelona gets slapped and that puts pressure on Valverde, I don't know if Valverde will get sacked if they lose this game, mm. but it would go down that road if like more losses come perhaps in the league. So that's an interesting one. Like whoever loses, especially Dortmund, if they lose, it's trouble. And is there any other big match? Valencia against Chelsea. It's an early game, so at least mm. they split it that way. From the Mestalla. Where did Valencia play? Isn't it, isn't it the Mestalla? It's the Mestalla. I have like loose football knowledge in my brain, but <laughs> sometimes I have to question myself. I'm like, yo, did I get the stadium right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm right, I think. Um, if Chelsea win, I think they're through. I think Valencia need to win as well because I think everybody's on level on the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, Two teams earn seven points. As a Chelsea fan, maybe I'll take this prediction. I I think it'll be a draw. I I think it'll be maybe like a two-two. I feel like that'd be fair. And Ajax will beat Leo, and then it'll be up to like the last game at Stamford Bridge against Leo for for Chelsea to advance. Um. All right. Let's do some questions. You ready? Hit it. We got a lot of questions, actually. Thank you guys for asking for asking us questions. It means like people trust us, I guess. Like <laughs> we know we have the knowledge, man. With the, with the knowledge base, we're talking tactics. We tactics. Talk. All right, so all right, some of these we already talked about. So I'll just ask these, and you know, I'll, I'll pay homage to your questions in in that we already referenced them during the show. But uh, Black Emoji says, "quote They played well, but they lost." Unquote. Please make this make sense for me. It doesn't make sense, bro. It doesn't make sense. Zero sense. They Losers played well, but they lost. Losers mentality. You can't lose. And this is my thing. Like, how do, how can your definition of playing well include losing? Yeah. Argument's sake is for a manager, if you went out and you fully executed my game plan, you played well. So even if you lose, but 
everything I taught you via training during the week, you carried it out supremely, but you lost. I also said, no, you played well because you fully implemented my philosophy and the instructions that I gave you during the week. But at the end of the day, playing well has to coincide with winning the game. Has to. So if you didn't win the, the game, you can't just be happy with, oh, they carried out my plans. Then you're just being egotistical. I feel like we need to come up with another way of saying we played attractive football and lost. It's not playing well. Like, that's a totally different thing. Um, okay, this is from Priyat Gupta, or Pratit Gupta, excuse me. If you were a manager, if you were a manager, and Manchester United and Arsenal offered you a contract, for whom would you sign? I think if you look at the squads and which one's like a better option, I feel like Arsenal is probably better. They're better constructed right now in, in terms of the team. But if I, if I were a manager and both of those clubs came to me, I think you go to Manchester United. You go to the bigger club, the club that are going to support you in the market, you would hope. They're the biggest club in the world. So that's where you go. If I was a manager, I think I, I, I would probably go to Arsenal though because I feel that I'd have the better chance of succeeding with my ideas with Arsenal than I think at Manchester United. I think it's an easier job to get Arsenal rights than it is to get United rights. I, I think United, that's, that's a much, that's a really hard job right there. Or did the board, like who would pay me more money? United. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, if it's about money, okay, yeah, United, okay. Cool. That's, that's right. Like, yo, Daniel, we'll pay you five million a year to coach Arsenal. Okay, that's good. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, and then Manchester United come with the offer, like, yo, thirteen point five. It's like, thank you, Arsenal. Like, London's nice, but I feel like I can make this money stretch to Manchester. You know, <clears throat> what is the complicated Chelsea fans' overall opinion on Conte's tenure at Chelsea from Red Devilology? These are the words of the complicated Chelsea fan, not have hope. These are two different entities. So CCF, as that's that's the short of his name, Contest Tenure, amazing, amazing title win. Supreme, amazing tactics with how he suited the tactical win. But that loser played for a severance package. And that's a sacrilege. That prick stood there. Knowing that I don't give a damn, I'm going to act like a little child and baby because I wasn't given my chances. I'm going to act, watch this team lose to Watford and get, watch these guys just get beat and wait for my seventh package. That is a complete and utter ab- abomination. And that almost negates what he did in that title win. Do you remember when we watched that? Was it Watford that we watched yeah, like, Watford, together? Yeah, Watford, yeah. <laughs> we like discovered like, yo, this guy does not care. <laughs> I could literally see in his eyes he was like okay so I'm going to get that mansion I'll get that new car I'll probably go holiday over there I'll probably in his mind we're just thinking about what he's going to do with the servants proper package he had no care whatsoever with what was happening in the match yo can you back away from the mic just a little bit I feel like you might oh, yeah. be a little bit close okay here we go coming up short one Mourinho is going to turn Deli Alley into an Ozo Lampard hybrid and son into an Eto Cristiano one, isn't he? I think he's going to try. Whether or not he's successful in his experiments, we'll see. But I feel like, you know, that's the general game plan. From LFC Jack 95 to add on to your 2010s talk last week, which was a good conversation. Go back and listen to it. Carl and I kind of went through, like, from 2010 through 2019, like, moments in the decade. We talked about 7-1, the World Cup in 2010 and uh, 2018. We did some Euro stuff. 
Champions League wins from Chelsea and just like everything that happened in the decade. So go back and listen to it. It, it, it was good. Um, but yeah, to add on to that conversation, is this Liverpool team the best side the world has seen this past decade? What? Unpopular opinion, but we are probably better than any team post 2000 as well. Hashtag top of the league, hashtag money for Ballon d'Or. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll assume you're born in 1995, given your Twitter handle. So then, you know, you should be old enough. That's old enough to remember this decade. Bro, wait, wait. So this guy says they're better than the Inter 2010, Bayern 2013, Barcelona 2015. Are you, are, are you on crack? <laughs> the hell? You, you, have, you, you, you have Inter in 2010. You have Barcelona in 2011. Bayern the treble win because they went to two straight Champions League finals. They lost in 2012. That was unfortunate for them. Um, in 2014, you get the start of the Real Madrid kind of dominancy with mm. four to yeah. five Champions Leagues. Then in between that, you have peak MSN. And then you even have this Manchester City side that some might say are a better team than Liverpool. Basically, um, this Liverpool side, is they inferior to the Inter 2010, Bayern 2013, and the Real Madrid 2017. 2017, 2018, Real Madrid. No, like... What do you think about the 2011 Barcelona team? The one with Messi, David Villa, Pedro? Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, because remember, they had Xavi, didn't and they? And Iniesta. Yes, yeah. Sorry, you're inferior to that team. <laughs> so you're inferior to that team. I think, I think, I mean, they're, they're, they're top 10 if we're talking about eras. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're top 10, maybe top seven, maybe. And I feel like that's fair. I mean, I wouldn't know the rankings in order yet, but you know, there there are teams and collectives that have done more. Now, the the, the cool thing about this is they aren't finished. Mm. But if we're just talking about this decade, I don't I don't know if we can put them there just no, yet. Fancy no, no, no. Win a league first, you know what I mean? But when but when they win the league, it'll be in a new decade. Or it's so, trouble. Yeah. You know, it'll be 2020 by the time they win the league. So I guess we don't include them in 2010, 2019. Um can LL from Packed Mouse please explain this tweet and the salt behind it, especially as he consistently says, it doesn't matter how you score or win. It's whether you score slash win the game. And after talking so much ish before this game, I must have hurt him bad to see Pep hand him yet another L firsthand. And your tweet says, it took a deflection and a lucky solo goal for City with their billions to beat a bunch of kids who is the real winner? Complicated Chelsea fan. He he wants to explain the salt behind the tweet. No, no, no. There's no salt. Oli, Oli Pepe. Um, and for a team who are defending champions, I just expected more. I expected them to be more comprehensive. And last question, please. Uh, morning, gents. Just wanted to know what would be the best career move for Pochettino right now? To take a break until next season? To jump right back into things with Bayern, etc.? He's easily top three in the world right now. So what? he won't be without any offers. Top three what? I think he means top three managers. Man, guys are sniffing glue, man. He's top five. According to who? According to me. Okay. Well, if you think about it, you have Guardiola, you have Klopp, and then who? I'm putting Nagelsmann above him. I'm putting Ancelotti above him. I'm putting Antonio Conte above him. I'll even put Rodgers above him right now. Bro, I'm sorry. You did good with Tottenham for, you know, five years, but you were on the decline. As of right now, as of right now, I'm sorry, you were just a guy that increased Tottenham's image. And now says, did you win a trophy? No. You didn't win a trophy. So how successful were you really? Not that successful, bro. Thank you. <laughs> 
That's just what we really did. He brought Tottenham from like being in a top four team oh, to yeah. being a title challenger and then into a Champions League final. But they lost. Don't no no. Finish the sentence. Don't just you know finish the whole sentence. They're going to the final that they lost. They lost well, to the yeah, final. If, obviously. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how good is he really? I mean, he's pretty good if he can do that with Spurs with like no money. You mm. realize he went like 18 months or however long with n- no players in? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. <laughs> he had two years. Two, two years, and all they bought him was Lucas Mora, a PSG mm. reject. Are mm. <laughs> you giving no credit? <laughs> Why are you so salty? I'm not, I'm not salty. I'm just saying that guys need to just chill with how much praise they gave Pochettino. He was all right. He all right. Not, not great. Don't put him as top five managers in the world now. Don't do Yo, it. Okay, if if you could do it, would you sack Lampard and put him Pochettino at Chelsea? No. If I could do it with no consequence, I'd do it. <laughs> but obviously, there'd be huge ramifications and I'd never do it. But if you could do it and it was like a normal thing to do, perfect appointment. Any other topics we need to get through? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, this has been Talking Tactics. Remember, follow us on all the social media. Share the podcast uh, with some friends. Anybody you think would enjoy our, I don't know, do we call this intelligent discussions about football? I feel like, you know. Therapeutic. Therapeutic. (laughs) That's a good word. Share the podcast. Um, Follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud if you're listening over there. Hit the hearts if you like it. If you're on Spotify. Spotify, give us a follow. Shout out to everybody that's listening over there. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read on the show. 30 to 40 minutes of Talking Tactics Extra will be coming to you soon. I, I guess that's it. I'm at Daniel to look. Half Hope, where can people find you? At Half Hope Hot, just head to the website. halfhopefootballhot.com. Shout out to Carl. I forgot to mention this at the top, but he was on the uh, Ugo Ehiogu <laughs> once to watch list. Um I think there's like, you know, there's a bunch of black people, I guess, in, in football that, I don't know, these people like, I don't know, they scout you. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, ah, this this guy could do something. So shout out to Carl uh, for being on that list. Happy for him. Nice one, Carly. Nice you gonna one, You going to be on that list one day, have hope? Nope. <laughs> Why not? You're black, you're in football. Um, I'm too real. I'm too real. <laughs> it's not about me too. I just, you know, I, I just look. I mean, what what I do is just different. I, I I don't think I will be recognized in that way, which is cool. I just, I'm in my own lane, and Keep I'm happy. Keep the faith, man. One day, we black, we in football, <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you you'll be on there. Trust me, you'll be on there for sure. I don't know if you have to be English, but maybe you have to be like based in London and England and all that kind yeah, of stuff. I, I, I think if you're black, yeah. I, Anyway, yeah, shout out to Carl. Anchorman616 on Twitter. So, yeah, Talking Tactics Podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always for the ball. Indeed. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.